It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode titled, Get the Alfalfa Out of Here. Originally aired on Patreon on February 12th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Mics are hot. Yep, they are. We are on. Uh, Which one are we doing here? We are we are done. We are off of the main segment, and now we are ready for the bonus episode. Bonus the, episode. The and I I don't uh, technically the uh, hive jive junkie feed is what this is. This is our hive jive junkies, and uh, boy this, howdy. Is this um. Yep, I'll edit that one part out of there, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, I ha- okay, so I had an interesting, I'm just going to start right off and go. and go with this because I've got. I'll run with it. I had, uh, I had an interesting experience where, one, honestly, I was really trying to be polite, but the lady seriously was irking me off. <laughs> so we did our first, um, well, I, I say we, I had to do my first presentation of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I get asked by all these different associations to come and do stuff. And so I was doing a presentation on the language of bees and also <sighs> the anatomy of bees. But the organization that I was doing the presentation for had also requested for me to bring in different honeys so that all of the members could taste the honey. And I had, uh, I had a little table set up and at this time of year, like super, super early in the, well, late in the winter, pre-spring. You done sold all your honey. Exactly. We don't, we don't have a lot there. I do have some small containers. You called Tara. No, 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 no. No. We don't know. No, I mean, no, it's like, I, I really don't, when it comes to that other stuff, I really don't rely on too many other people outside of, of my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have I have a stockpile of things that we set aside mm-hmm. and they're jars that are literally just for like samples mm-hmm. and I'll take those and they're usually solid crystallized so I have to take them and then slowly warm them and reliquify them so that we can take them to these tastings mm-hmm. but the one thing that I didn't have which is your fault uh, was winter honey. <laughs> I didn't have. Well, I ate it all. I didn't have any winter honey. I don't eat, I don't eat honey anymore. Well, because you can't. Not because you don't want to. <laughs> um, but I didn't have any winter honey to sample. But what we did have, though, is we had some opportunities. And, and every once in a while, because people will bring me things, too. And some of those I will use if they're really unique to give people an opportunity to try something they wouldn't have ever otherwise gotten an opportunity to try. So we had our normal. We had our spring wildflower. We had our summer wildflower. Mm-hmm. We had my, I did three infusions that were there. So I had the jalapeno infused, the lavender infused, and the orange mint infused so that they could try what. your orange mint's good. Orange mint is really good. Have you not ever tried that? Oh, I know. No, the one only orange I've had is orange cinnamon, and it's not yours. Well, no, but the orange mint is a plant. There is no citrus in it. It is literally a mint plant. You know how there's like an endless variety? There's chocolate mint and strawberry mint and all these. Well, I have orange mint at home in the garden, and... I was going through when it was about a year and a half ago, I was playing with like, well, I wonder what this would be like. And I put honey in my tea. And so I was like, oh, well, I love mint tea and mint tea sweetened with honey is really good. So I wonder what mint honey would be like. And at the time, the only mint that I had back there was orange mint. 
and I didn't really even think about it. So I did it and I went through and I did the infusion process with it and it actually gives this citrus like overtone to the back of it. It starts off sweet like a peppermint mm -hmm. or I'm sorry. It starts off sweet like spearmint, mm -hmm. but then it's got this citrusy kind of overtone to it. And it's really cool, but it's just a mint plant. That's all it is. Yeah. So it was, it's really kind of cool. But most, most of the time people see that and they, they do think like, oh, so it's orange and mint. And I'm like, no, it's orange mint. It's one, it's a plant. Now I got um, something for you. I'll have to do it when I get honey. We're going to put slices of orange, regular orange, you know, an orange with cinnamon the the rolled up cinnamon. Yeah, we can't do it quite like you would think. Um, mainly because the orange itself has way too much moisture in it. If you do a slice then we of an do orange, a rind. Yes, um, but the other challenge is I have not been able to successfully get the oils from the cinnamon, cinnamon bark true. to emulsify into the honey or to merge with the honey because the honey is all water and the other one is literally all oil. That's oil. What you find in the stores and a lot of times what people will do is they will use a flavor, quote unquote, or they will use a powder. And if they're using the powders, mm -mm. they're doing the creamed honeys and mm -hmm. you'll find all variety of flavors of quote unquote creamed honey um, because they're using a, a dehydrated powdered version of something and mixing it in there. And let me tell you, the dehydrated powdered version of like their jalapeno creamed honey mm -hmm. is gross. Mm -hmm. It is nasty. It is not anything like the infused honey that we do. You're going to do a tincture, a cinnamon tincture. Maybe you could. That's what you'd have but, to do. But think of all the different processes now that you're trying to do just so you can turn it around. Like if you A tincture is not bad. You just put it in alcohol. Yeah, but there's time in that, time involved. And then when you turn around and you, you have to me. then take the tincture. Yeah, there is because you're doing a prep ahead of time. So that's one step. But if I like it, that's all right. Yeah, but that's it's, it depends it's on like if you're doing right it for eating. you or if you're doing it for <laughs> sell, right? Because yeah. if you're doing it for you, that's one thing. You can spend as much time as you want on your hobbies and your passions, and it doesn't matter. But when you go through, like I used to do my infusions in these awesome apothecary bottles that had a cork in the top of them, and they were hand-done and hand-dipped and hand-sealed and all this crap, and it was so fun until they started becoming popular. And then it was not nearly worth the amount of work that it took to do a batch of those bottles for what they were being sold for. So that's what I mean on, on like, is it worth it? Because you're making a tincture, then you're turning around and you're taking the tincture and you've got an alcohol substance, but you want to then take that and somehow put that into the honey without screwing up the honey. And when you're all said and done, what does your list of ingredients look like? You you're, know, you've got this paragraph in there instead of the, two words. Uh, Alcohol is going to evaporate out of the honey. It may. It may not. It may break the honey down. I mean, it's 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 tricky and challenging. So there is a honey out there. Um, it's the only one that I've ever seen that is like globally. I don't know about globally. Let me rephrase that. That is out there on the market, widely produced. Mm -hmm. It's Mike's Hot Honey. Mike's and hot honey. when you look at the back of it, the ingredients on it, he has vinegar in there and then the chili peppers that he's using and the honey. Honey is obviously the first one. But so there's these other things in his. When you look at my ingredient list on the way that we've kind of figured out our infusions, mm -hmm. my ingredient is honey, 
and jalapenos. Okay. Period. The end. Honey, jalapenos. There's not a whole list of stuff. And if you have to do a tincture and you've got to do this and you're extracting that and you add this in there, that all becomes part of your ingredient list. We need to come up with a fire tonic. Well, they already have that. You can buy I that. I, I, I drink saw it that every in, morning. I, I drink it every morning. Yeah, but I saw that in CVS the other day. Yeah. I mean, that's well, something. I drink it every morning. You can buy it on Amazon. You yeah. can buy it on eBay, anywhere. I also purposely avoid things that you can find everywhere else because then it's not unique. It's not novel. I don't want to no, be. I'm not going to make a fire tonic. I'm going to make a different tonic. I'm going to make an award-winning tonic. <laughs> oh Lord! All right, let me get back to my tangent here. <laughs> go, go so, on. so we had I had the three infusions there, and then I also brought some varietals so that people can see because our wildflower honey is not a varietal. It is it is everything that's out there that they can oh, grab yeah. a hold of, right? So we brought in mesquite because for us in Central Texas, mesquite is the only true varietal that you can have. Um, there is a lavender farm out in there near, um, I want to say it's out towards Fredericksburg. And so that beekeeper or a beekeeper around in that area could get lavender honey, but it would be true quote unquote lavender honey. Now we do lavender infused honey and that should not be confused between the two because an infusion is way different from the nectar that came from an actual plant. So, my so you're not worried if you got an infusion, you don't want to get a confusion with your infusion. With right. your infusion. No confusion don't with get, infusion. Conf, don't get confusion with infusion. We want infusion, not confusion. Infusion, not confusion. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So you go through and we had the, the mesquite because again, only thing that we can find here. But when I have it, and I don't I don't always have them, but when I have them, I will also bring in other things. And you know, that may be alfalfa, that may be clover, that may be uh, orange blossom. It could be in this case, I brought in tupelo honey. And I brought in clover honey as two of the other varietals that people could go through and try. Now, this is not part of the tangent, but I did find this as a very interesting side note. The Tupelo honey. So off side note here. Tupelo honey, I, I mentioned. Now, people had been coming up and browsing through and tasting stuff before the presentation started. And then the very first part of the presentation, I got up there and I said... Okay, for those of you who didn't, you know, get to hear it early on or whatever, this is actually what's going on back there. This is what everything is. Go through them in this order, and you can start to pick up some of these interesting aspects of each of them, right? And then I told them, you know, and the Tupelo honey, we brought it in because it's just, it's a rarity. It's not something that we sell. Mm -hmm. It is something that a friend gave to me as a gift, and I gave them a sample of it so they could go through and try it. Mm -hmm. And I told them Tupelo honey is one of the most expensive honeys you can buy in the U.S., and it's, it's not because it's like this mystical, wonderful thing. It's because it's a pain in the butt to harvest because of where it comes from. Um, it only grows in the swamps and the bogs in Georgia and, in, or sorry, in Louisiana and in Florida. That's where you get Tupelo honey from. It doesn't come from Tupelo, Mississippi, just because the town's named for that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where you get that from. And, you know, you're out in this. Yeah, the anacondas. To get yeah, the anacondas and the alligators. You know, there's some, mm -hmm. some dire straits out there trying to get your honey from this stuff. But those things are where that primarily comes from. And because of that, and because of the extremely short bloom period, it makes it a higher quality thing. Now, the interesting thing was, People had went through and tasted stuff and I could see their facial expressions on, you know, you could tell when they were like, oh, that's really good or oh, that's really bad, even if they're not saying anything. After I mentioned that Tupelo honey was one of the most expensive honeys that you could buy well, in the U.S., suddenly there were several ladies yeah. that were like, oh, my God, this is my favorite. This is the best honey I've ever tasted. <laughs> and I was like, wow, the power of suggestion, right? Mm -hmm. Now, back to the tangent. The president of the association that I was there presenting for is a... 
I would venture to say a difficult woman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> she comes up to me and we're talking about the different honeys that are out there. Mm-hmm. And she's one of those, she'll ask a question and then interrupt me before I can even get the full answer to the question out. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's going to be one of those kinds of conversations. Part of the way through it, when I was explaining the different things in the varietals and I pointed at the clover, clover was the clover, mesquite and tupelo were the three varietals I bought. And I pointed at the clover and I was like, now this one, um, this one can be made in like the panhandle of Texas, but more than likely this clover is actually from the Dakotas. And she leans over and she's like, so it's really alfalfa. And I got this. No, it's clover. Yeah, I got this strange look on my face and I was like, and that's exactly, I was like, no, it's clover. And she goes, right. So it's alfalfa. And I was like, no, No, alfalfa is a completely different plant. And then she begins to argue with me and informs me that she's not only a master gardener, but she is a master botanist. And I don't know if she literally meant that as she went to college and got a master's degree in botany or if it's the same as like master gardener, quote unquote. She didn't know that alfalfa to clover are two different plants. She damn sure ain't no master. Well, but here's the thing. So after this conversation, because I was, I was irritated Mm -hmm. and i was also trying to be polite because Mm -hmm. she's like the head of that association Mm -hmm. um but i was just looking at her with the dumbest expression on my face because i was like seriously it's clover it is clover honey Mm -hmm. we can bring in a varietal that is alfalfa honey and alfalfa honey does not taste anything like clover honey alfalfa Mm -hmm. is a very distinct kind of stronger taste clover is a very subtle mild taste yeah and and she would not let it go. And when she was like, you know, I was like, uh, clover and alfalfa are not the same plant. Well, yes, they are, because I am blah, 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 blah. She names off all of her titles. And then she says, and, you know, alfalfa is a legume, not a grain, not a grass. It's a legume, like yeah. a peanut. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And she was like, and so is clover. And I'm like, right. No. Which means that their cousins are they're related, but they're not the same plant. Yeah. The leaf structure kind of looks the mm-hmm. same. They can get elongated leaves and like they start off looking similar, but as it grows, the alfalfa drastically changes oh, kind yeah. of the overall shape of it. Um, but and you don't get clover hay. You get some, but very you see alfalfa hay everywhere, and they, they grow alfalfa where they don't grow clover. Yeah, well, there are some places that they'll do yeah. like the red clovers and things like that, but yeah. the alfalfa is like a purple blue kind yeah. of flower. I went after the fact. I went and I did some looking and some research on uh, on some of this just to to see because she had me so annoyed. Rattled. <laughs> well, Rattled. I, was, I was more annoyed than anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went and uh, I, I did a little bit of research on it. And yes, they are both legumes. They are both in the same family. They are not the same plant, though. They don't have the same attributes. Um, there are certain situations that, depending on what you're wanting it for, clover is going to outperform and do better. Um, clover actually adds a little bit more back into your soil than alfalfa does, but alfalfa does a better cover crop and then can also be turned into, like you were saying, hay and feed and things like that. Um, obviously the younger the plant is, no matter what, when it comes to the feeding is actually better, but it's better to have, you know, one over the other again, depending on what it is you want to do. Now, for those of you down under in Australia, what we're referring to as alfalfa, you guys actually refer to it as so um, have alfalfa sprouts in well no so here's the deal the name alfalfa is used in north america Mm -hmm. but the name lucerne 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 l-u-c-e-r-n-e that's milk here (laughs) 
L-U-C-E-R-N-E, Lucerne, Lucerne, um, is more commonly used in the United Kingdom, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. So that's what, when we're saying alfalfa, that's actually what we're referring to. Lucerne. Um, And then clover is clover is clover kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, so they have some similarities and they are a cousin, uh, but they're not the same thing. And so it, it really kind of annoyed me. With that, you know, clover will have a root that sometimes is 12, 14 feet long. I did not They'll know that. They'll go that deep, yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. But it, it definitely it threw me for a loop um, just to have her sit there and like argue with me about argue it. But part of me was like, so does she think that since how she has this knowledge and background and she knows that the plants are similar and related? Does she now? Because she, she was really putting forward this thing like, oh, well, you guys just claim that it's clover but really it's alfalfa and there's all i'm doing all these air quotes in the air but because i was just like no it's it's literally clover you know it comes from like red clover and white clover it's not coming from alfalfa and you know and and we do get alfalfa honey like i don't make alfalfa honey but i can get alfalfa honey if i wanted to bring it in in this part of the world no well well it'll grow but it'll it grow. doesn't do good they they do it up in the panhandle of texas yeah, some panhandle um, in mexico they do yeah it too. but yeah. It, it's really california is the biggest kind of producer of that now yeah. on the east coast they do alfalfa and they use a yeah. native bee like a leaf cutter bee to do the pollinating because really? when it comes back around into to alfalfa for bees this is really kind of interesting and this was something that i learned at one point there was an organization um that was being ran by a very not great guy. I guess. Sounds good to me. A turd. Yeah. yeah. He was a turd. And they were trying to get this this company up and off the ground and going and stuff. And he had these bright ideas on things. And the, the overall scheme and like, let me rephrase that. The overall concept of it was amazing. But the scheme that he wanted to work behind the backgrounds and what he wanted to do, he basically wanted to turn it into like a pyramid company. And in like bees were basically just going to be his scapegoat to get filthy rich off of everybody else. And so he was not a great guy. And uh, luckily, everybody realized that and the whole board kind of turned against him. And and he's tried to reiterate this multiple times. But so what ended up happening, though, is one of their plans was they wanted to go through and they wanted to use alfalfa as like their recovery crop because it is so amazing, quote unquote, for the bees. And it has an extremely high, quote unquote, protein in its pollen. That's not correct. And what actually happens, bees are smart, man. Bees are really intelligent and they can learn and they can do all these other things. So in nature, the first time a bee ever goes and forages on alfalfa, they get slapped in the head. Because the way the alfalfa flower works is it's kind of a twofold flower and they have to crawl up on the bottom petal and get their head down into the inside of it to get the nectar. And when they do, there's a trigger mechanism in there. And that top petal is what has all of the pollen on the bottom of the top petal. And it goes and slaps them on the head. It literally goes thunk and hits them really hard. Dumps the pollen on top of it. And it, it implants the pollen on top of the bee. Well, some native bees don't <laughs> mind apparently being hit in the head, but the honeybee gets rather annoyed by this. Yeah. And then they learn and they learn that if they approach the flower from the side and they hang on to the side of the stem and inject their proboscis right into the bottom nook from a side angle, they can actually get the nectar without ever crawling on the petal and without triggering the flower. So 
Honeybees can pollinate alfalfa, mm -hmm. but what you need is you need a, a lot of really strong colonies that have really young bees because the young bees don't know any better. And so they're going to go out there and they're going to be able to do this, but they will start to learn. I don't like being slapped on the head. Mm -hmm. and, and as they learn that, their amount of pollination starts to decrease because they stop triggering, triggering the mechanism and therefore stop spreading the pollen. Mm -hmm. These native bees are way better at it. Um, so it all depends on the age of your forage forest. Those younger foragers, they don't know any better. The older ones definitely know. But outside of that, so you, you end up with two problems. Yes, they're getting nectar from it. And yes, you can absolutely have alfalfa honey that is a true varietal honey. But they may not be getting a lot of pollen from it. And the pollen that they do get is actually not the highest quality because it is missing a key element that the bees need in their diet. It does not exist inside that type of pollen. So all in all, it was it was kind of a novel concept, but it wasn't going to be a great idea. And then he wanted to try to implement this here in Texas. And I was like, dude, alfalfa takes a, a it's going to take some irrigating and it's going to take some water. And there's there's not that down here in central Texas. You don't see that very often. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be cost effective and efficient. That's and it's not, not cool. and it's not the best thing to grow. Yeah. And, and exactly right. What are you going to do during the summer dearth when everything's dead and toasted? Right. Yeah. But. It was just, oh man, I don't know. It just, there was something about that whole scenario there with her that just frustrated me. But I also was like, I'm not going to argue with you because you're telling me that you have all these different titles. And I honestly. She's telling you she's smarter than you. Well, and, and my. But she is dumbass. Well, but my point to her, yeah. to her thing or to myself and anyway, my internal dialogue was, I'm not going to have an argument with you on something that I have not done any research on. I know in my gut that they are not the same thing. And I know that when we have clover honey, it's clover honey. And when it's alfalfa honey, it's alfalfa honey. Because why would we try to say, oh, well, alfalfa is clover? We don't. There's plenty of both, depending yeah. on where you're at to get. But I wasn't going to argue with her. I was just like, oh, really? Okay. And then, you know, I just had this stupefied expression on my face. Ask her where she's from. She's from around Central Texas. Well, she's from Central Texas. I think. Actually, I don't know. I shouldn't even say yeah, that. Well, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't bother delving too much into her life after that because I was like, you're kind of an irritating person. You're one of those yeah, that, well, she liked to ask questions for the sake of asking questions and didn't really care what the answer was, nor bothered to listen to the answer. She's one of those that thinks she's already smarter than you by just being around you. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, I know some people know like that for people. sure, but, um, but it, it was just like, okay, I mean, whatever. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to let that be, but it definitely caught me off guard. Cause I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're going to argue with me about the honey that I brought in no. <laughs> and tell me what no. it is or isn't. So it was a, it was definitely a, a learning experience I on that aspect. That. What? Well, that was my tangent. <laughs> my tangent. You have a tangent? No. No? No tangents? Uh, I got all my comb ready to go. I'm ready to cheat. Oh, yeah. yeah well, everybody here on the, the Hive Jive Junkies is well aware of your cheating tendencies, yep. sir. I cheat. We got to build that damn flow hive. One of these days. No, we need to do it sooner rather than later. Okay. This is your. This so is. I got your, them. I know where they're at. Yep. This is the last part of your off season of building and prepping, and you haven't built or prepped because your well, flow hives are not put together. Right now, I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That that is a recent <laughs> development. That does not excuse the past couple of months. Oh yeah. I've had to take use restrooms way too much. I had to stay close to a restroom <laughs> and work on those. <laughs> And yet you send me photos of the other things that you're working on, uh, painting this and doing and that. Today, and, as soon as I get done here. Yeah, and doing the trees. You've been playing trees for a little while now. 
I don't know how many pecans of trees we planted. Four. I'm planting three today. Oh. We got a lot of pecan trees. So just kind of follow the same thread here. You know, we were talking about the pollination of alfalfa. You had asked at one point, um, it didn't ever actually make it on to any of the actual shows, but you had asked at one pecan point whether or not. Bees. No, yeah, they don't. Correct. They do not. Um, a pecan tree. So the almond tree definitely needs yes. to be. It is 100% dependent on it. The pecan tree does not. Uh, a pecan tree is so efficient that one single pollen grain can actually pollinate another flower perfectly. It doesn't need lots of them to make sure that it gets in there. One grain hits it, it, it utilizes it very efficiently, yeah, and it will make a nut yeah. from that. And one flower can send off some ridiculous, like five, I want to say it's 5,000, it may have been 50,000 pieces of pollen. So they do amazing. They're amazingly efficient, and they are self-pollinated. They, they kind of burst and send it out. The wind will also help carry it. Right. Um, so they do not need pollinators whatsoever for your pecans. And also that you can buy pecans for the pollination. They, they will burst open and dump at different times to... Yeah, different varieties of the trees. Yeah, you were saying that. You've got a couple of different ones because there's one that will bloom earlier and and send the pollen out sooner. Yeah. So, yeah, mainly right now I'm putting in Kiowas and Desirables. Kiowas, uh, 39 nuts per pound. Desirables, 38 nuts per pound. All right. That's a (laughs) lot of nuts, man. What outside of making the... But if you want a Choctaw, Choctaw's got big nuts. Um, outside of these never-ending fruitcakes that you will not stop making, uh, I'm what are you going to use them, them for? What are you going to use the, the nuts for? What other things I'll do you have? freeze them now until this winter, and I'll, uh, uh, the ones I got, I, see, I peeled, I, I shelled probably close to 60 pounds, and I got them in the freezer now until this fall, so I get making pecan, or well, I mean, is that literally all you're going to do? You're planting all these extra trees and you're just going to use it for fruitcake? I don't know. The kids going to have to worry about it. Hell, they won't be getting, I won't be getting no pecans <laughs> off of those. <laughs> Poor Max. <laughs> Here, Max, run the fishing business, run the bees. Also, you now have a pecan orchard to take care of. Pretty much. Max is going to be like, but, yeah. but Dad, I want to move to there. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, uh, you was talking about around Freshburg, they have a lavender uh, on in and around Stonewall, they have snow on the mountain, and that's one that I was reading of the other day. Snow on the prairie. Snow on the prairie. It smells. Like, it tastes like dead people. It's it's a very harsh. Yeah. That's why the winter honey, the fall honeys, and the winter honeys have uh, a very very harsh because the the snow on the prairie and then your goldenrod. Mm-hmm. Um, Broom weed, bitter weed, all those things are growing in the fall yeah. and making making the the pollen and the nectar, and so you end up with this nectar that you know is that dark, dark rich, strong. sometimes pungent kind of aspect of it. Um, but I think if it was purely just snow on the prairie mm-hmm. or snow on the mountain, mm-hmm. you would end up, you know, it would be good for the bees because they're being able to bring in pollen and they're being able to bring in nectar mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I don't think it would be honey that you would want to eat. No. And this is apparently there's a bunch of it out there. Max was saying there's fields of it that's white. Yeah, and that's it's, where it gets its name. Is it? It just yeah. it looks like a snow cover blanket kind of out there so and everything. I said, well, we won't put bees out there. Then. Oh, I was gonna bring this up on the show. What? 
and I forgot. What? So I guess just our patrons here will be able to hear this. But uh, we had a we had a listener from the San Antonio area uh-huh. send in an email to us and said, "Hey, uh, saw my first Indian blankets for the year growing in the oh, roadways Blue out there. Are growing uh, all over around Kingsland. Well, see, that was the weird thing. Blue bonnets should come first. You oh, have yeah. your blue bonnets, and then like when nature goes the way that it should, you have your blue bonnets come up. Your blue, blue bonnets bloom. Then you're gonna is get your Indian, Indian paintbrush. Is Indian paintbrush? No, it was Indian blankets. And when he first said that, because it should be blue bonnets, Indian paintbrush, then Indian blanket, then like your uh, Mexican top hat, yeah. like all that kind of stuff comes into play. Well. He said that, and I was like, "What? Well, no way!" I was like, south. "That, yeah." But I was like, "That sucks because those, you know, we still could have a, a big freeze or something yeah. come through, and that could really damage and, and hurt that stuff." Well, then I went to do that presentation that I was just talking about, and on the way back down, I'm driving down uh, Mopac, and I'm heading from North Austin to South Austin on the Mopac Loop, and I notice along the side of the road. First, the first thing I noticed was a bunch of yellow flowers with the little black centers, and they weren't the first ones. I don't know what they are actually. They like they that Susan's? they look kind of like that, but they're not a tall conical. They're more like a daisy, but they're a yellow petal with a black center to them. So I saw those out there, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, usually you see those. That's usually those would come up right around the same time that the Indian paintbrush would, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I start seeing orange and I look over there and I'll be darned if it wasn't Indian blanket. It was black really? and red and yellow. And I was like, holy crap, there's Indian blanket. And then right beside it was Mexican top hat. And is it something that takes parts while it, but that the Aggies have, have hit with radiation and changed it up so it takes the parks and wildlife no, to start to... No, I don't think it was anything that got irradiated. I think it's just how bizarre our our winter has been here yes, for us. Um, the the blue bonnets in the these same areas will be covered in blue bonnets eventually. There's not a single blue bonnet out there that is bloomed yet, yet no. but these other but things are blooming. Right, right. Well, and, and the blue bonnets that like uh, out near my house, there's a community garden out there. The blue bonnets are still only about six inches tall. Oh, the whole plant. T- they're, they're tiny. A little bitty. Yeah. So but now that we're supposed to get a bunch of rain this next. This whole few week days. is supposed to rain. Yeah. We might get one to two inches. I hope. It's actually three. wet and drizzly out there right now. Yeah. It's not. It's enough to make it damp, but not enough to really do much. But it just blew my mind, and and that's one of those like. So here are the potential issues. One, we're going through, and these flowers could grow. Mm-hmm. It then could have a little bit of an earlier nectar flow, which could preemptively get your colonies to growing. Then we have another freeze come through, kills all those flowers. Then we may not have as many flowers in the spring as we wanted to have. And or a freeze doesn't hit and we have an early spring and we got a lot of flowers, but then summer comes sooner and everything dies and we still don't get a nectar flow. So there's all of these potential issues that could arise from this that really kind of make me apprehensive because you were like last winter, this winter, you were talking about we potentially could be heading into a La Nina. And if we do, we go back into a historic (laughs) drought. That's going to suck. So I don't want that. that Yeah, I definitely don't want that. But and there's already places that are in a drought. It's not historic droughts, but it's a drought. I keep the whole I just keep doing air quotes. It's extreme. So we're in a, in land in part the part of Lano County I live in. It's an extreme drought. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's as many flowers out there for you this year as there was I don't last think year. So. I don't believe there will be unless we get a bunch of rain. Well, we could, but see, last year we had that freak, like real bad cold snap right yeah. at the early part of March that yeah. screwed everything up, and yeah. yet you still had just meadows of beautiful flowers out yeah, there. It so it could happen. It very well could happen. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me too. As long as we make honey.
Well, yeah, as long as, well, ultimately, as long as we make enough honey for the bees to survive the dearth, and then there's enough in the fall for them to survive the winter, oh, that's hell, the I'd main thing. I buy enough sugar to keep them. I just want to make some good award-winning honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ken, you're becoming the epitome of, of everybody out there. You want to be a good beekeeper, and you want to have some morals and standards. Don't do as Ken's done. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you're starting to sound like one of them guys i take every bit of it from them it doesn't matter i'll just feed them some fake stuff and get them through that's not what we're trying to uh propagate here sir okay we're trying to propagate good bee stewardship that's exactly what i do <laughs> uh i give them the, the comb that they can bake on so they don't have to work their butts off making wax that's some that, other bees did you know you you fell into that jackpot and that yes is going to help you for a year or two and then all of a sudden you are no longer going to have that crutch and your bees will have to be making their own wax like he's but my bees will be old bees then and they'll they know how to make wax and they got all kinds of wax no because that that's just it well, you will use all this stuff that you bought. Hundred more boxes. No, you don't, because eventually, hadn't sold them yet. Eventually, it's going to be gone. <laughs> eventually, it will not be there, and you will not be able to keep relying well, on that I little stockpile. Get another freezer. Oh, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> you're such a turd. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to another Hive Jive Junkies episode here for us. Your bonus episode, We're and also John too hard. Um, Oh, I'm I'm terrified of what this year is going to look like with the busy season. We we're going to have a training video on on actually how to do your smoker, um, and that may seem like a very low level entry thing, but at the same time, I know people that have been keeping bees for a couple of years and they still can't keep a damn smoker lit to save their soul. So we're going to go through do a training video on that. Pour We've got diesel uh, on it. Lie. You are not. Do not put diesel in your smoker. Don't put gas in your smoker. Don't put flammable fluids in your smoker. Um, oh the the. Dryer, I know, don't look at me like that. I, I just broke him up. The dryer <laughs> lint is not worth a damn. It just smolders. Well, but smoldering is what you want. You don't want flame. You want smolder that makes smoke. I'm just using it to light with. Though. And that's fine. You pour enough gasoline on no it, that gasoline, damn thing will light, though. God, no gasoline, Ken. Because <laughs> then you're pumping all those fumes and chemicals into your hive, too. That stuff stays in the resin of your smoker. Hmm? It's not a good thing. I don't want to use it dead weeds because that stuff tears me up yeah it does but you're gonna have to find something else though i have well other than your t-shirts no well t-shirts work great because they're they're they're, they're uh, cotton but uh no you know you can buy bags of cotton and use them in your smoker too but the whole point of the smoker is you've got to have a good hot bed of coals and then you put whatever you want on top of that to smolder and smoke let me tell you what i found makes the best your pellets for your pellet grill. Well, they make smoker pellets too, specifically oh, for smoking. Some of those too. Yeah. And you can light those and throw them in there and use those to keep your everything else going. Mm -hmm. Well, there's different pellets. There's the pellets that are the lighter pellets yeah, that the they're lighter actually pellets. to light. Yeah. And then you've got smaller pellets, which are exactly like your smoker pellets you put in there and, and to smoke. But uh, I got a feeling that the smoker pellets are probably cheaper than the pellets you buy off of. Maybe. And your smoker you pellets. 30 pounds at a time. Yeah. Your smoker pellets for a smoker, like to smoke something, is also you can get them in specific types of wood. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that the smoker pellets for the bees is probably just a conglomeration just a mix, of things. Whatever they sweep off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> 
Why you made there, Queen of God? Well, I made a drone. David, uh, <laughs> David, you're you're gonna you're gonna hear this on the episode. You're gonna get a response from me um, right now. From somebody me, but talking to you right now. Right now, somebody on Instagram, David, is sending me a thing, and he's he's terrified. He's got some bees on the front of his colony, and they're probably doing orientation flights. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but he was like, please tell me they're not getting ready to swarm. So no, he's been not gone this time a year. Well, but that's one of the challenges that you can have. No, those are orientation flights, bud. Nothing to worry about. Oh, they it's very peaceful. There. It's coming and going. They're they're just oriented on the front of the hive. What did he move his hive and in there? No, 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 no. These so every time a colony has a new generation, the yeah. very first time they take flight, they have to do orientation flights. And it happens, some colonies, especially like through the spring and when they're really up and going, it'll happen like clockwork every single day, almost at the wow. exact same time. Wow. So, Have but this seen, is, here, you can look, here's a video. Is it still playing? Huh? Yeah. So that's, those are just orientation yeah, flights. Just, um, and yeah. you can tell because it's peaceful. It's not... It's not chaos. There's not mm-hmm. fighting if you look up there at the entrance. And also, yes, you have bees that are kind of look like they're they're spewing out and and but they're not. It's not a swarm technique. So what that is is you've got another generation of bees that is now learning the orientation of their hive and everything. So you're good. They're learning where to live. Learning where to live, they're man. Their GPS set. How do I get where I want to be? Oh, here's another one, fun one for you too. Um, this is from Jacob, and I don't know where he saw this, but this is kind of funny. It's a little Instagram meme, and it's a couple of bees flying in the air, and their pants are sagging down, and you can see the cracks of their butts, and then the two bees in the foreground are saying- They were plumber bees. They must be worker bees, because you, you can see their bee butts, their uh, cracks. You crack me up, Jacob. <laughs> so, but uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, everybody. Thank you so much again for joining us here on Hive Jive Junkies. And thank you so much for being patrons of the Hive Jive. We greatly appreciate it. You guys are amazing. And it's literally thanks to you that we're able to keep doing this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, family. All righty. We done? We're done. One more time? No more times. We're done? We're done. I can go home? You can go plant trees. I've been up since one. Of course you have. And I didn't go to sleep. You notice that? On this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about what might have happened on the main segment we recorded before this one. Um, In all fairness, though, you have done two hours or three hours of radio today, and then you've done three consecutive podcasts because mm-hmm. you did the Guide's Guide, and then uh, which is a future podcast that doesn't exist yet, but they're still working on it. Working and then on we it. did the main episode of the Hive Jive, and now we're doing the Junkies episode for the Hive Jive Junkies. So there is a lot going on, that is for sure. Yep. But uh, we will, we'll be back with you guys with more content. Um, shirt designs and things are still in the works. I'm very, very picky because I have this thing in my head that i want and i'm also very picky about the actual shirts themselves so trying to figure out i need to learn how to uh let go of some things and he has issues well i did i did screen printing actually for a oh, profession okay. for a while so i actually know how to make t-shirts okay and i'm very 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 tempted to make your own t-shirt buy another screen press because i can do the designs mm. and make the shirts myself and then i have full control over it but at the same time i got too much crap going on in my life to That's do that what i was just fixing to say yeah. what were you saying a little while ago we need to outsource that uh-huh. kind of stuff and we've got the hive jive we're big down under <laughs> we're gonna do those shirts we're as well big down under. and uh we'll put those out there so with the hive jive we're big on top and big down under <laughs> 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 So, you know which one gets the ones on big, uh, yeah, we better, I better shut Man, this has been the longest goodbye <laughs> ever. All right, say goodbye, Ken. Y'all be good, family. Be good, be safe. 
Be cool if you ain't lit. No, Australia. It's hot down there. <laughs> you be gone. Bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. Goodbye. Bam. All right. Mm. Be good. We're big on top, big down. Uh, that's the one you got to do. Because the gals will get the one big on top and big down. <laughs> oh, you're going to get long trouble. Nah. <laughs>